Welcome in, everybody, to On Deck, June 20th, 2017. We are getting ever closer to the All-Star break. It seems to me like the season just started, and we're already in mid to late June. I've got Dan DiOrio and David Spampanato with me. Dan, please don't dab again. And, uh, boys, how you guys doing? I'm good. Good. I'm Glad good. To be here. Disappointing that we're almost already at the All-Star break. Like you said, it feels like the season just began. Yeah, it feels like April 2nd was just uh, a couple days ago, and we're already at June 20th. But we're going to talk about, obviously, a lot of baseball today. Six straight losses for the Yankees. I think that's the biggest uh, That's the biggest news in New York baseball right now. I would say anything about the Mets is not really relevant at this point because they're just so... They're just so out of it at this point. It really, it really isn't worth talking about them. We will talk about them in a little bit, but we'll definitely focus on the Yankees more. And then our bit of a uh, general MLB segment this week is going to be on the NL West, and for good reason, as the top three teams in that division, the excuse me, let me pull up the standings here. The Rockies, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks in that order are 7-3, and 9-1, and one, and 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, respectively. Each of the teams are eight. They're at least 18 games above 500, the three teams are. The Rockies are 46-26, and 26, Dodgers 45-26, and 26, and the Diamondbacks 44-26. and 26. Just an, a, a bizarre season for those three teams in the division. And the most bizarre thing, quite honestly, is the fact that the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Giants, are 20 games below 500. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, we're obviously going to start with the Yankees, as I mentioned. We'll just start off with the six straight losses. They got swept on the road against the Angels and the Athletics, two of the worst teams in the AL. Dan, I'll start with you because I know you're a Yankees fan. Time to panic? No. If you're a Yankees fan like me, you were expecting this to happen at some point, and uh, unfortunately it's been sparked by injury, but the Yankees are going to start to come back down to life. That, at least that's how I feel. That being said, they lost six straight, and they're still in first place, second place Boston Red Sox. Dave, you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, they took two from Houston. I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is true. They did take two from the best, best team in the league. Yeah, um, but like you said, I, I know that you said the Yankees were kind of coming down to earth, but... I mean, Tanaka hasn't picked it up, which is an issue, and everyone was expecting him to pick it up. And now CeCe's on the DL, and CeCe was probably the best pitcher for the Yankees before he went on to the DL. So this might be hitting a little harder than I think most fans expected it to. No, I 100% agree with you, David. I think that coming into the season, people thought the Yankees were going to be able to hit. It was just the pitching that was the issue. And the, the hitting has, has come. It's exceeded expectations, but it's not exceeded the expectations as much as the pitching has, but now that the pitching has started to come back to earth, I mean, as you mentioned, CeCe's out with injury. Tanaka's been basically throwing batting practice. You said that the other day on Twitter, Dan, yeah. just to shout you out. It's It's been a real disaster for the Yankees on the mound recently, and that's, one of the, that's probably the main reason why they're losers of six straight. Absolutely. I think the real problem, though, is the bullpen. During this West Coast trip, the, the bullpen has blown at least three games that I can think of. Every game was really close. Uh, a lot of them went to extra innings, which is like a nightmare if you're an AL East fan on the East Coast watching West Coast games and extra innings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bullpen has been a sign of concern. So, I mean, I think if Tanaka gets it together, that might help offset that a little bit. Uh, but we really need our bullpen to step up. We yeah. re they really need their bullpen to step up. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, like you said, um, a West Coast trip is tough for any team coming on the East Coast, you know, with the time difference. And, you know, when you got to go and play six games in seven days on the road, that's not fun. 
Um, they're coming back to New York now to play the Angels, so they just saw them, and, and you know they get them on their home field now. So I, I think they'll they'll take this series from the Angels, but the Red Sox are gaining on them, and it's a little too close for comfort right now if you're the Yankees. I think the Red Sox have more of a margin for error with the team that they have. I yeah. mean, the Red Sox did get off to a, a bit of a slow start. David Price really still hasn't gotten it completely together. I mean, Chris Sale has been lights out all season. He's He wasn't really someone to be worried about for, at, anyway to, at the beginning of the season, but there are some things that that still have yet to get going for the Red Sox. But as you mentioned, st- six straight losses for the Yankees and only a uh, a half game, or excuse me, the lead is now a half game. Let's talk about Glaber Torres for a second. Or, is that how you say it, Dan? That is. That Glaber is. Torres? Okay, you just I, spelled spelled it it, I spelled it yesterday uh, wrong yesterday in our, in our rundown. But Glaber Torres, I remember when the Yankees traded for him last year and that enrolled as Chapman deal. I was I was incredibly high on that trade. I thought it benefited both teams really well because last year was the Cubs' year, but they needed that arm in the bullpen, and they got Aroldis Chapman. I mean, it didn't help them in Game 7, but it helped them throughout that entire postseason run. And now the Yankees obviously have him back. He's on the DL right now, but the Yankees have him back, so that was perfect as the Cubs got their World Series, a major piece for that World Series run, but the Yankees got the second-best prospect in baseball in Glaber Torres. And honestly... The Yankees got some other prospects in there, but I was so high on him, I thought you could have just traded Aroldis Chapman straight up for Glaber Torres. I think he's that good. This, this is classic Brian Cashman. We we acquired they acquired Aroldis Chapman at the beginning of the season from the Reds for pretty much nothing, coming off some uh, off the field problems. But at the end, how uh, long was his suspension? Fifty games last year. I'm not sure on the number, but okay, anyway, it, was, it was quite long. Yeah, was like at the month, trade month deadline, that. Brian Cashman flipped him for you know the the number two prospect in baseball. That's it's incredible. Huge. And then they get Chapman back in the in free agency. So that's just classic Brian Cashman. Glaber Torres, unfortunate that he's injured, but at, there's some things to point out here. It's his non-throwing arm. He's 21 years old. Like I, I mean, it's concerning that he's injured, but at the same time, it could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, we had a little back and forth on Twitter, and um, you know, it's fun because every Yankees fan is calling for him to get called up. Like, oh, put him at third base, take Headley out of there. And now he's certain they're like, oh, it's fine. He wasn't going to come up anyway. It's fine. It's <laughs> well, completely fine. Here's the thing. People You're 100% right, David. <laughs> you, you Yankees are, fans can deny it, but you are 100% you are right. Correct. But I think I'm in the minority as a Yankees fan who was not expecting him to uh, see MLB time this season. Uh, a lot of people expected him to come in and replace Chase Headley, as you said. But the reality is he hasn't even played that many games at AAA. He's, he's came up as a shortstop. He's 21 years old, as I just mentioned. Like the fact that people think he can just jump into third base and and perform a, at a high level, their expectations are so high, and they're going to be disappointed if they if they hold him to that. That being said, Chase Headley has been pretty abysmal, and <laughs> I do understand why people are calling for Glaber. Unfortunately, we're not going to see that. But you as you, as you mentioned, Dan, elbow injury, yeah. elbow. Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing arm. Right. Will miss all of this season, but is expected to be back for spring training next year, which is huge because do you expect him to start spring training with the or start the season with the Yankees next year? You mean with the with the MLB team with like yeah, not the, AAA. No, I'm talking about yeah, you you expect him to not. be on the roster I do not. for the Yankees opening day. No, absolutely not. And I'll go as far to say I'm not sure that he'll be up this time next year in the season, a year from now. Um, Interesting. That being said, I think I think he's going to recover from this injury rather quickly. I think Zach Kozar had the similar injury in 2015. He tore his uh, UCL in August and was back and ready for spring training the following year. So yeah, just fair. a couple months turnaround. And was that in his throwing arm, Kozar? No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, it's basically the same injury then. Yeah. Uh, but it's just troubling that you look at the Yankees and their history of prospects. A lot have been injured. 
Greg Bird still missing time. Uh, you know, um, Tyler Austin injured. Just really concerning. I don't know. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, though. and those two hurt even more because of how bad Chris Carter has been. Right. I mean, he, I mean he, you know, I feel like every time I watch a Yankees game with a Yankees fan, if Chris Carter does anything other than hit a home run or strike out, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not what we signed him to do. It's fine. Like, he'll get a base hit. No, oh, we didn't sign him for that. Or, you know, make an error at first base. I oh, we didn't sign him for that. We just signed him to hit home runs. But he's just been so bad. I mean, he's now the starting first baseman. Last year he hit over 40 home runs in Milwaukee. I don't know if he even gets to 20 this year. So yeah, that's, that's pretty disappointing for the Yankees. Especially to spend $3 million on that. Especially in a hitter's park like yeah. Yankee Stadium. I mean, that's 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 abysmal is what it is. Dan, you're pointing at yourself. Go yeah, ahead. I just want to say, you look at the Yankee stats from last year. The home run leader, Carlos Beltran, only hit 23 home runs. Not to start the Aaron Judge discussion, but he has already exceeded that. If Chris Carter hits 20, I'd be content with that. We signed him at the end of the free agency period for $3 million. He was pretty cheap. Low risk thing. Cheap for the Yankees. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> yeah, another thing yeah, is, seriously. Yankees fans love to criticize Chris Carter, myself included, but the reality is, who would you rather have playing there? Mark Teixeira? You, you want him to come out of retirement and come play? He, <laughs> he was a liability last year. Greg Bird started the season batting like .90. You know what I mean? So that being, or .09. .090. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, Chris Carter, unfortunately, is the best option the Yankees have. Uh, I do understand the criticism, but there's nothing that the Yankees can do really right now. I want to pose this question to both of you guys, and then we'll move on to the Mets. What would it take for you to get seriously worried about this Yankees team? You want to start? Yeah, probably. Because honestly, I'm not, if, if I was you, I'm not a Yankees fan, but if I was, I wouldn't quite be worried um, I think if David Price starts to heat up, well, what, what, out what, of their what control, would it take for you to be seriously worried? Yeah, I, I think it would take a lot of the Reds. I mean, the Red Sox would have to get healthy. And I think they'd be worried about that because they're not fully healthy right now. David Price is 100%. Pedroia is out. Erod is out. So they're a little banged up. And I think maybe drop these two next series, and then you got to say, hey, you know, we got to add someone or we got to do something here to get back into this. Yeah, if I'm a Yankees fan, well, I, I am a Yankees fan. <laughs> but that being said, I'm not worried at all. I mean, this this season has been a great surprise so far. I don't think any Yankees fans realistically expected them to keep up this pace, given you know they've had like a two month rebuilding period. That being said, if the Yankees go on and have a great season, that'd be great. But I'm not expecting that to happen. I, there's really nothing to lose if you're a Yankees fan. They weren't really preparing to to compete until at, at next year at the very latest. This year has been a great surprise. But At the very earliest, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think any Yankees fan, and I speak for myself when I say this, realistically believes that the Yankees this year have a shot at making a deep playoff run. I'd love to see it. I hope I'm wrong, but I do not think that's the case with this team. I can't help but feel you are in the minority among Yankee fans just because they're Yankee fans and they expect 100% every single year. They expect a World Series or, oh, 27 rings, blah, 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 and everything else is a failure. But no, you're 100% correct, and no one expected this not even Tom Scabelli our most delusional Yankees fan <laughs> our Yankees beat reporter even even uh expected this I think he had them going 86 and whatever the number of losses that would be like 80 79 something like 86 that. 78 78, yeah, 78 or something like that yeah but he had them at 86 wins and I, I right now they're obviously way ahead of that pace yeah, and, and if we'll, they I just did the math if they go 500 the rest of the year they'll have 86 wins exactly so you can't take away that 38 wins from the Yankees so exactly. you gotta give them credit for that no you're 100 right David that's a great point all right we're going to move on to a team that would not do well if they went 500 for the rest of the season. They've got to start picking it up very, very soon, or this is going to be 
a lost season. Some would argue it already is a lost season. The New York Mets 10-6 lost last night. They are 1-4 and in their last five games against teams that, you know, they really, they're tough teams. It's not like they're losing to the Padres and the Giants or anything like that. They're losing to two of the best teams in the NL, the Nationals and the Dodgers. But still, they've got to start making up ground. And looking at this schedule, I mean, they've got the, they've got the Dodgers for the next three. And then they've got the San Francisco Giants next weekend. And then they've got the Marlins, and then they've got the Phillies. If they're going to make this, and then they've got pretty much the All-Star break at that point. If they're going to make a run, and if they're going to get back into some sort of contention, not even contention, relevancy at this point, this turnaround's got to come soon, or they're in serious trouble. Yeah, and they have to beat all the teams that they should be beating. So they have to sweep the Giants. They have to maybe take one from the Dodgers at this point in the season. You know, going forward, maybe next month when they play the Nationals after they play the Phillies, they can drop two if they end up playing pretty well. But right now is the time. They're seven out of 500. They can't be dropping these games to the Dodgers. No. And then they have to go beat up on the Giants, take two from the Marlins, and sweep the Phillies if they want to be relevant in July. No, absolutely. And it's it's a real shame that we're talking about relevancy with the Mets yeah. at this point. Like, the, we, we th- you thought about them with this young rotation. The injuries happened last year. Oh, it can't happen again. There's no way they're going to be this injured again. Well, look at Noah Syndergaard. Look at all the guys who have been out. Matt Harvey, again, having issues. His career might might very well be over even before it really started. I mean, you know, he had about three good years. He had that great 2015, but ever since then, he has never been the same ever since Game 5 of that 2015 World Series. And it's a shame. A lot of Mets fans are going to look back at having him go back out for that ninth inning and having maybe having that start maybe ruin his career. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And the thing with the Mets is it's been it's been if the pitching's not there, what's there? And that's what exactly. I, that's the question I've raised all season. They're hitting, you know, they have some sluggers. They have Jay Bruce and Cespedes, but Cespedes has been injured. You can't always rely on one or two hitters to carry make up what what your pitching staff is not capable of doing. So. 100%. I mean, look at Conforto. I mean, he picked up the slack in Cespedes' absence, but ever since Cespedes has been back, he's really slowed down. I mean, he's right. only batting about 280 now. He was batting in the 330s a couple weeks ago. So he's he's mired in a bit of a slump. We've got uh Cespedes is, is he's starting to come back. He's starting to heat up again, but it's taken him a while to get back into the swing of things. Bruce has been done exactly what we've what you bring him in to do, hit about 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, bat about 260 270. He's on pace to do exactly that. So you can't be upset at, at Jay Bruce. I mean, Curtis Granderson got off to an incredibly slow start. He's he's playing better now, but he's he was an absolute he was a disaster for that first month of speaking of the season. And speaking of disasters, Jose Reyes. I don't even think he's batting above 200 yet. I mean, he had two home runs last night, but albeit in a loss. I mean, yes, against Clayton Kershaw, yeah, it's impressive. But when you hit home runs in a, in, in a loss, what is that? It doesn't count for anything. Yeah, he's providing absolutely nothing to this ball club. And when it's Dribble Cabrera gets back, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Because now you have Neil Walker out at second base. You plug in TJ Rivera there. Fine. That's fine. TJ Rivera is fine. I have no, no problem. No, no, with no. Him. Yeah. But, you know, you, if you're plugging in spots and then when Cabrera comes back, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, Wilmer Flores has been your best infielder this he year. He has been. So you're going to keep Flores at third. You got to get Reyes out of that lineup. You have to. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself right now, but. I mean, they got to even consider bringing up Rosario if Cabrera is out for an extended period of time. I don't know if the time is exactly right because Sandy Alderson kind of hit it on the head when he said we want him to come up and stay up. It's true. So I, I think that's what they have to do with Rosario. But 
like I said, they have to get Reyes out of that lineup. That's an interesting point about Rosario. That's something I hadn't really thought of recently. I mean, it it, it was Sandy Alderson had that press conference about a week ago where he said exactly that. We want him to come up and stay up, and everybody was like, oh, no, you got to bring him up now. Hashtag free Rosario or whatever <laughs> it is. It's like we had the hashtag free Conforto at the be- beginning yeah. of the season. Yeah. But, Dan, what do you think about this? It's it's very similar to the whole Glaber Torres thing because Rosario, a very, very highly touted prospect. He's, an, he's a, an infielder. He plays short. He plays third. He can play. He basically would come up and help the Mets in theory right away, but you've got to be make sure he's ready. So what I, I, what are your thoughts on this? Well, before, before we started the show, we were talking about how young players are really taking over the game, and I think a big reason that is is because prospects have really been hyped up over the last few years. Recently, you know, prospects are names that people recognize. Glaber Torres hasn't even played in the MLB yet, and people are familiar with who that is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Same thing with, with Rosario. Mets fans have been calling for him to come up for a year. Well, not years. You know, recently, this whole year, they want to see him come up. And people forget that. If you rush these guys, you know, they could make changes to their game that are detrimental to their whole career. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to just let them feel it out, let them take it slow. I don't want to go back to the Yankees, but you use Aaron Judge for an example. Every level of baseball that he was promoted to, he struggled. There were there was a feeling out period. He struggled, and eventually he came around. Luckily, but some prospects that doesn't happen with. If you rush them, you're you're risking them not having that feeling out period with the expectations so high. So, but you do look at players like Cody Bellinger. He hit two home runs last night. Completely crushed the Mets. I mean, you see him come up from the minor leagues and just have an instant impact. So, I think that's what Mets fans want. Rosario to have and in theory that's what he could provide like that I mean he fits right into the Mets lineup as we speak but you are right you've got to take it slow and and Sandy Alderson is 100% right you want him to come up and stay up because there is that feeling out period and that feeling out period can be a uh, for lack of a a better word can be very very Mm. difficult yeah not everyone can be Bellinger or Gary Sanchez or Gary Sanchez a good example or Andrew Benintendi you know some guys that have come up and just hit the ground running have been fantastic from the get-go you look at some of these younger shortstops I mean Dansby Swanson, for one, is a guy who was a number one overall pick coming out of Vanderbilt. Michael Conforto was another guy who really struggled coming out of the gate. I mean, last season yep. he was in AAA for a while. Yeah, he was. And it can hurt guys long term. I mean, for, for Conforto and, and Aaron Judge, another guy who came up and struggled, it hasn't really hurt them. But there's, you know, Dansby Swanson might struggle a lot going forward and have a tough time making some adjustments. No, absolutely, and you you said it, Dansby Swanson. He's he's one of those prospects who has struggled when the when the pressure has gotten heavier. I guess that's the right word to use. Pressure's gotten heavier. There we go. I said a pre-show, though. If the Mets fall 10 games below 500, they're at 7 under right now. If they fall 10 under, they're done. They've got yeah. to retool at that point. Sandy's got to sell off all of his assets. He's got to sell Bruce, Granderson, Reed. He's got to get all those guys Cespedes? out of there. Do you no, trade no, absolutely. First of all, no one's going to take that contract because he's, he's too injury-prone at this point. And secondly... If the Mets want to be any sort of relevant in the next five years, he's got to be there, and so does Syndergaard. And both I think those guys, someone, I don't think they'd move him, but I think someone would take that contract. You think, I, someone, I you, you think yeah. someone would take that contract? I think like if like the Dodgers, could the use Dodgers love taking big contracts. Yeah, so. I think but like you, a team like that could, or, or the Diamondbacks, something like that. I mean, I don't know if the Diamondbacks quite have the money right now. I mean, they gave it all to, to Zach Greinke, yeah. but. I think a contender would take that contract. You, no, go ahead, Dan. You add Cespedes to the Dodgers. In my opinion, they become that makes them a, a World, World Series, Series favorite. favorite. Yeah, that makes absolutely. them the World Hands Series down. favorite. No, you're 100% right. I mean, it, that w- it would definitely help somebody, and if someone's willing to take that huge contract hit, then yeah, because he's four mi- four years for I don't know, some ridiculous amount. I think it's 25 mil a year. So that's not an easy contract to take, but you're right. There are teams that would be willing, and that he would definitely make a team 
a favorite in the in their respective league, whichever ones he goes to. I'll say this: I would be absolutely stunned if they traded him. Just yeah. just one year after get, giving him that big contract, I mean, that would be unless they get something absolutely incredible back for him. I don't see Sandy Alderson trading him at all because I don't think Sandy sees this year as the end all be all. I mean, we the, the all these young arms are still here for another year. Right. There are a lot of these guys who are leaving. Walker, uh, conf- uh, Cespedes, no, not Cespedes, uh, Granderson, uh, Bruce, all these guys are leaving after this year. But there are all, all these young, this young core is still going to be there for at least another year until once Syndergaard hits arbitration, then it gets iffy, and that's after next season. But right now, I, I think Sandy Alderson sees this as not the end-all be-all, and I think he's ready for one more kind of going for it year next year, but he's got to be able to retool because Bruce is not going to help him. We're not going to be able to re-sign him, and uh, Granderson is not. we're not going to re-sign Granderson as well, so might as well get something for him. Yeah, but you know, like focusing on this season, 10-under is the kiss of death. I don't think they'll hit 10 under just because they've got their arms back. They've got Matt's back. Lugo, I think, is really solid. I think he, he is. I think Giselman will figure out. He's on the mound tonight against the Dodgers. But that's what they got to figure out right now and, you know, get those young arms back and win a couple ball games. No, 100%. 100%. Uh, you're 100% <laughs> correct there, David. All right, we're going to transfer to the NL West here. Possibly the most fun division in baseball. I read an article on Deadspin this morning. The NL West is the most competitive division, and it's fun as hell, is the title of the article. And that's a very accurate statement, considering the Rockies are 20 games above 500, the Dodgers are 19, and the Diamondbacks are 18. And look at the players some of these guys have on this on their teams. I mean, Goldschmidt and Greinke on the Diamondbacks. Obviously, you have Kershaw and kind of the mix-and-match rotation that goes on in L.A. I don't know how they do that, but, they I mean, they make it work. And the Rockies have just been one of, the one of if not the most surprising teams this season in baseball. Guys, does any, does, is there any way one of these three teams misses the playoffs? Looking at the standings right now, absolutely not. I mean, the Cubs are, I think they're 10 out of the wild card, out of the second wild card they're right eight, now? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. I mean, that's and, they're, a, and they're third in the wild card right now, and yeah. they are eight and a half out, which that, is just incredible. And in the AL, I don't think there's a single team more than six games out right now, which yeah. is unbelievable comparatively. The bizarre but, balance there is, is yeah. it's mind-blowing. I, it's similar to back in 2015 when you had the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Pirates all in the playoffs, and they were the three best teams in the National League. It's, it's the same thing, really, but... Um, it, to to some to each of your surprise, this doesn't shock me all that much that the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are two of the best teams in baseball. They both have really solid rosters, and if their pitching was able to figure it out, which it has, they've been great teams. I absolutely agree. The AL or NL West, excuse me, has been a great surprise. Usually, we're used to seeing the Dodgers and the Giants kind of dominate that. It's great to see the Rockies and Diamondbacks making a run for it this year. Rockies, you look at their roster, they're just loaded. DJ LeMayhew, uh, Charlie Blackman, their outfield is loaded. They got a lot of good talent. Trevor Story's hitting bombs. Arenado. Yeah, yeah. How could I forget about him? The, the names go on and on. Yeah. You, it, it's surprising because at the beginning of the season, I kind of, I don't know if I was just like naive to it, but you look at a team like the Rockies and you do not expect them to make a huge run until they have the season they're having now and you start realizing they could be a legitimate threat. I can't remember exactly who it was on our staff that said the Rockies are Was it you? It was okay, me. it was, it was me. Spam. I think we were on one-on-one was, one time, it, and I said, watch out mm-hmm. for the Rockies. It was the one-on-one baseball preview show, and you said it before the show. You're just like, look out for the Rockies in that NOS. We all we all laughed at you, but you were spot on on that. Because I love the Ian Desmond signing. I think that was great, and they really completed the team 
and allow them to figure it out. I mean, DJ LeMahieu is coming off a batting title, and you can just fill in Ian Desmond wherever you want. You know, you need a right fielder, Ian Desmond. You need a shortstop, put him there. First base, whatever you want, and he's going to figure it out. And he's like that that last piece that they needed, in my opinion. No, that's that was a very good shout there, David. So credits credit credit goes to you for that one. I'm the one who said the Giants were going to win the NL West. So <laughs> what what do I know? They're currently 20 games under 500. But there. who would have expected that? Exactly. But also. They're also three and a half back of the Padres, so who yeah. would have expected that considering yeah. how bad on paper the Padres were coming into this season? I don't think the Padres said their rotation was just a bunch of nobodies at the beginning of the season. It was it was just embarrassing, to be completely honest. Danny, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I just want to say the Rockies have been a surprise all across the board. Like Mark Reynolds batting three oh two, fifty five RBIs. He was leading the NL in RBIs. I'm not sure if he still is. Charlie Blackman batting 330 with I don't know how many home runs. He's he's absolutely having a great year. It's players like that that you don't think of really. Like Mark Reynolds, surprising. He came out of nowhere. I remember when he played for the Yankees and batted like 190. I know I keep going back to the Yankees, but the Rockies have a lot of talent. that, And it's like they've all come together this year, and I think they could be really special if they keep this up. No, both of these teams, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, they've both got a lot of good, they've got this good vibes going on right now. I mean, especially the Diamondbacks at home. They've only got nine losses at home all season. They are basically pretty much unbeatable at Chase Field this season. I mean, Granke is a, a fantastic ace. Robbie Ray has been fantastic, striking out a ton of guys. He's been really an emerging star in the league this year. And for the Rockies, I mean, they they don't have a ton of pitching, which might hurt them in the postseason if they do get there, but they play in that bizarre ballpark where everything just flies out of there. So we'll see what happens with them come playoff time. But the most impre- the, the craziest stat is that the third place team in the wild card is eight and a half games back. Yeah. Of, it's it's you have to so basically it's just a divisional fight at this point yeah. because the, all the wild cards are basically locked up at this point, and that really hurts first of all the Mets and the Cubs because that safety blanket is gone. Exactly. Yeah, and and you mentioned the pitching for the Rockies. Jeff Hoffman was a draft pick from a couple of years ago, East Carolina University, I believe. He just came up. He's four and zero in six starts, and his ERA is about two twenty five. So he's been fantastic for Colorado, which is the biggest question mark for them. And then for Arizona, they made a pretty bad trade in Gene Segura for Taiwan Walker. Gene Segura is hitting like 300 or something in Seattle, and they're fine. And they're you know, still it's unbelievable fine. How I know. really good that roster is. No, I know it's a it's a great point, and they're definitely one of those teams that have those good vibes going. Going, excuse me, Dan. Last word. What's everyone's NL West pick, real quick? I'm going Dodgers. I think they got I'll starters. Go, they I, have a bullpen. I'm going Dodgers. You got to go Dodgers. You had, they're, the, they're the most uh, established team in that division. I'll say Colorado adds an arm and takes home the, takes the NL West. Look at David Spampanato. All, all on that Colorado bandwagon. I love it. <laughs> all right, thanks a bunch, boys. This is On Deck. We'll talk to you again next week.